0: Good morning. Good morning. Um, as we're closing down this series on Samson, I was thinking about uh, that movie Hancock. I don't know if you've seen it before. Not exactly one to take the kids to see, so uh, you might have to wait a couple years there, young man. But um, anyway, it, to me, there's a lot of parallels because, as you can see, Hancock's just like superhero he's just all messed up. The guy's a total train wreck. And if you if you look at Samson, we've been looking at Samson this last month. You know. This guy was a total train wreck too. And we, we, we started out looking at his bad attitude and his bad decisions and his bad habits. And today we're going to talk about Samson and his bad relationships. You know, if you're reading through the book of Judges and you come to the story of Samson, you pretty much, this is all you have to do. Whatever he's doing, just do the opposite and that's like your teaching. That's, just do whatever, whatever he's doing, just the opposite thing and, and you're good. So, um, we're going to look today at three mistakes that Samson makes and, uh, and three lessons that we can take from those, three things we can apply to our lives. Um, so if you guys would join me, let's pray. Uh, God, we thank you for this morning. Thanks for bringing us here. Uh, Lord, we're here to study your word and to uh, just try and hear from you. Uh, God, I'm going to be speaking directly to the men this morning. I'm going to be calling them out on some things. I'm going to be using some very specific guy examples. God, but um, these points are applicable to everyone here, every single person. So I pray specifically for the ladies that you would help them to just glean some tremendous insights. um, And Lord, just speak to each one of us. In Christ's name, amen. All right. So we're going to jump right in the book of Judges, chapter 14. It says, uh, we're looking at Samson's first mistake in in his relationships. We're going to talk really specifically about romantic relationships here. Um, It says, Samson went down to Timnah and saw there a young Philistine woman. When he returned, he said to his mom and dad, I have seen a Philistine woman in Timnah. Now get her for me as my wife. His mom and dad replied, Isn't there an acceptable woman among your relatives or among all our people? must you go to the uncircumcised Philistines to get a wife? But Samson said to his father, get her for me. She's the right one for me. So basically, Samson's first mistake is he doesn't listen. Okay, His parents give him some advice, he doesn't listen. The deal is, he is an Israelite, he's he's taken this Nazarite vow, he's only to marry uh, someone else who is of the Jewish faith. And he doesn't do that. To make matters worse, the Philistines are the arch enemies of the is- Israelites. So he's actually sleeping with the enemy, literally. Um, and so his parents are trying to trying to advise him something different. He doesn't listen to him. And so if you like to fill in these blanks, here's the first one, guys. Um, the first lesson we see here from Samson in terms of relationships is we have to seek advice. We have to seek. Advice. It doesn't mean we always, in every circumstance, have to listen to it, but we have to be men who seek advice. Proverbs 15.22 says these words. This is great wisdom. This is a wisdom book of the Bible. It says in 15.22, Plans fail for lack of knowledge, but with many advisors they succeed. And then in Proverbs 12.15, it says the way of a fool seems right to him, but a wise man... Listens to advice. Now guys, if you're like me, this just doesn't come naturally. Okay? There's something inside of most men where we kind of feel like it's on us. You know we have this kind of this lone ranger mentality where if we've got a problem we're going to be able to fix it. We you know we're strong enough we're smart enough you know we're going to figure this thing out and we are going to get it back on track. We don't necessarily always want to go around and asking what other people think. And uh, it's funny um, Becky was telling my wife Becky was telling me um, she said you know if, it's funny because she's like in every relation in every like friendship that she's involved with um, she like when she's talking to other women they'll be talking about something, whatever, and almost always, at some point in the conversation, one woman says to the other, well, what do you think? (sighs) Guys, we don't do that, right? I mean, we don't, that doesn't come out of our mouths. We don't, we're not so interested in seeking advice. Um, But I can't tell you how important this is. Now, maybe you're here this morning, and, and, you know, either you've been in a in a past relationship or maybe you're in a relationship right now guys and um you know you're getting to the point in in the dating relationship where you know it's been a while and you're kind of coming up to that point where you know it's been it's it's you know you're coming up to that point where you have to make a decision you know it's kind of put up or shut up time like you've been dating the girl for 17 years you know and it's like okay we gotta where are we going with this thing kind of a deal um we have this tendency, you know, maybe there's some red flags, maybe we got some doubts, maybe there's some things that we're like, I just don't know, I don't know if she's the one, you know, I'm trying to figure this thing out. That's why 17 years, you know, that's a reasonable amount of time to figure that out. Because you're trying to figure it out on your own. And here's what I, what I, want I want you to really entertain this thought, because over and over in, you know, my time in ministry at Grace, I've seen Men and women in that place where they're trying to make that decision on their relationship and they don't really ask other people what they think. And here's what I'm saying. I'm not talking about just kind of pulling, pulling your buddy aside and saying, oh, you know, me and Susie, you know, we've been together for a while. Like, you think she's cool, right? You know, like, are we, are we okay? Are we good? Like, I'm thinking about, you know, thinking maybe we need to take the next step. That's not what I'm talking about. Men, we've got to be specific here, okay, guys? So so here's how this works, okay? You have to give a man, another guy, a friend that you trust, that you respect, you've got to give him permission to speak truthfully to you. Okay? Because he's not going to do that. Okay? We don't want to damage each other's egos. Okay, that's like that's that's off limits. Unless you say, hey, listen, Joe, you are a good friend of mine. I trust and respect you. I've got some serious reservations about this relationship. There's some things I really think might be a problem for us. I need you to tell me honestly. I'm not going to take it back to my girl. This is just between us as men. But you've got to give that other guy permission to actually give you honest, direct, because he won't do it unless he's totally sure and that you're okay with that. And that you, you know. So. That's the deal. Now, if you're here and maybe you're in a marriage relationship and you can't figure out, I've been married for eight years, and you can't figure out why, guys, why your wife is so screwed up, you know? You just can't, you can't seem to figure that out and why, you know, there's these problems and it's, it seems to be your wife's fault all the time. Um, he, here's the thing. Um, rather than just continuing to beat your head against the wall on this issue, guys, we got to man up. we got to man up. We have to be willing to try and seek out the truth rather than just saying, oh, whatever, and just kind of, re- you know, just going into the man cave, okay? You, you, you can't, you, you've got to be willing to say, I'm going to get some people I trust and respect and I'm going to ask their advice because maybe it has something to do with me. Maybe there's something that I need to change. Let me just tell you something, guys, okay? It's really easy for us to put those walls up. It's really easy for us to do it on our own. It's really easy for us to isolate ourselves. That's our natural M.O., that's, that's what we do without even thinking about it. That's easy. Okay? What's hard is to actually bring some guys in and say, I'm trying to figure out the truth about my relationship. I'm trying to work on some things here. I want to be better. That takes guts. That takes courage. I want you to man up and seek some advice. All right. Lesson number two. So um, Samson does not... He does not... Um, listen to his parents at all, doesn't take the advice, he goes ahead and he gets married to this Philistine woman who was off limits, and then he makes this bet at the wedding celebration, right, with these 30 Philistine guys, he makes this bet, gives them this riddle, and if they can't solve the riddle, man, there's high stakes money on the line for this deal, okay, so he basically, these 30 guys go back to Samson's wife, his new wife, and they threaten her. They say, you better tell us the answer to this riddle, or we're going to kill you. So, here's then what Samson's wife does, Judges 14, 16. It says, then Samson's wife threw herself on Samson, sobbing, you hate me, you don't really love me, you've given my people a riddle, but you haven't told me the answer. Now, This is easy to miss. I missed this the first couple times I read through this passage, but there's something in here that gives us a key thing about the second mistake that Samson makes in his relationships. Okay, And it's it's right here in his response. So she says, you haven't even told me the answer to this riddle. This is crazy. you got to tell me. And he says, check this out, I haven't even explained it to my father or my mother. So why should I explain it to you? See what's going on there? Samson's mistake here in his relationship, okay? Is he hasn't put his wife first. His primary loyalty, his primary allegiance is to his parents. And if you look here at the story, you'll also see that his wife, her primary loyalty isn't to Samson. Who's it to? To her people. To her people. Right? I mean, if she was really loyal to him, she just said, Samson, they're trying to kill me. We got to get out of here. Like, let's go. Let's start a new life together. You and me, babe, you know. But neither one of them have primary allegiance to each other. So here's the second thing. You've got to put your spouse first. Your spouse always comes first. In Genesis chapter 2, God is kind of laying out kind of how this world's going to work, how humanity's going to go, and he lays out for us the institution of marriage and his plans for it. And this is what he says. This is much more than just kind of some poetic, oh, this sounds kind of cute, whatever. No, no, this is is a huge deal. It says in Genesis 2.24, a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. You see what this tells us right here? What this tells us is the day that you say, I do, you will have a dramatic shift in your priorities. You will have a dramatic shift in where your ultimate allegiance now forever will be. Okay? It moves from your mother and father to your wife. So, you know, you're going on a family vacation or, you know, whatever different things are happening, you know, parents are coming in to visit or whatever. (laughs) And guys, if you're here and you've blown this one, you just, you're, you're so with me. Okay? I have blown this so many times. You must always go with your wife. I, uh, I have three kids, and um, my oldest is now five and a half. Her name's Allison. Well, when she was three months old, um, Becky and I got into uh, a little argument. And uh, I, I love marriage because it just, you know, arguments are just, you can argue over like, it's unbelievable. You can argue over just about anything, which is awesome. And then, um, you throw kids in the mix, and then you can really argue about just the craziest stuff. so we were having this argument and this is great, this is great, this is what we were arguing about. so um, we were arguing about whether or not at three months old, um, you could give the baby a little bit of water like between getting the getting the the milk okay and um, I was on the side of the water, and my wife was on the side saying, "No water." well, um, you know I hadn't been to the, the pediatrician appointments or whatever with the baby, so but you know. Whatever, you know. She told me the pediatrician said no, but I still thought, you know, it's hot outside. You know, we should give the baby a little bit of water. Like, dehydrate. It's just water, right? I mean, whatever. Well, you know. And then she had this stack of like books, you know, like pregnancy books and what to expect in your child's first year and like all these like Mayo Clinic and stuff. She's read all that stuff. I haven't read it, but I got instincts. Follow me. (laughs) We've been doing this for thousands and thousands and thousands of years before the books ever existed. You know, you just went on your instincts. So. You know, I think it's a good idea to give the baby some water. Well, here's the problem. A couple problems, actually. The first one is my wife is actually a pediatric nurse, which doesn't give me a lot of leverage. But, you know, my thinking still was, (laughs) my thinking still was on this one, you know, she only deals with sick kids. This is a perfectly healthy baby, okay? Well... We were talking about this last night. It was pretty funny. I was refreshing my memory, and we got into a great argument last night. I was, I was running my sermon by my wife. She was saying, that was so annoying, Derek. Like, why did you just, wouldn't drop it. You just kept after. She was so annoyed with me. You know why she was, you know, here's why she was really annoyed. Because the idea was my mother's what? idea. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Take note. Okay that 's what bothered bothered her her mother in law this is how it was done, like you know whatever thirty years ago, you know I mean in in England you know where, where when I was a baby, and so the problem was i mean it, clearly there were multiple problems going on but but um the fact that it was ultimately had like kind of gotten into my brain it's like oh yeah well that 's what mom did for me, and I turned out okay you know let's let 's go that route. That was what was really grinding on my my wife, you know what i 'm saying, so guys, just this little piece of free advice. If your mother actually does ever say something brilliant, okay, which she, she might from time to time, if she ever says something really brilliant, don't ever let your wife know that it came from her mother-in-law. Just keep it to yourself. It'll go through much easier. Okay, there you go. Um, where was I? Um, oh, yeah, so, so guys, here, here's the bottom line. Okay, if you just give, me, give me it to me plain and simple, here's the deal. This is the way I look at it. There are times in our lives, man, where, you know, this, this for the most part, putting your spouse first, that's pretty easy, you know, but there will be times where there'll be those situations where you're between a rock and a hard place, and you got your, your mom and dad and their preferences, their needs, their comfort, their whatever, you know, maybe it's a whatever, whatever the situation is, and then you got your wife on the other side, okay? I'm going to boil it down this way. This way I look at it. Do I want a ticked-off wife, or do I want a ticked-off mom or dad? And uh, the way I see it, I'm only sleeping with one of those two parties. So that's about as plain as I can say it, man. Uh, final point on this is uh, this can also, um, you know, men, we're, we're wired to work. We're wired for task, for accomplishment, for achievement. Um, this, putting your spouse first, got to remember that, that things like our work and our friends and our hobbies, there are times when, Uh, our wives can feel like those come before them as well. So not that you can't do those things, but just the key is your posture is your wife must always feel like she is your first priority, and she comes first. That will be very helpful in your marriage, especially if you're a young uh, person here this morning. All right, here's the final mistake, you guys, that, that Samson makes. He makes it in his relationship with his wife, who is unnamed in the story in Judges 14, and then also with Delilah, who he's with at the end of the story. Both times he has major trust problems. You see, in the story it says that he wasn't going to tell her that riddle. You know, he's got this riddle and it says, no, "I haven't even told my mom and dad. I'm not. I'm not going to. Excuse me. I'm not going to tell you." He doesn't tell her because he doesn't trust her. He doesn't trust her, and it, in fact, in Judges 14, 17, it says, "So on the seventh day of this riddle thing, when the when." When it was all coming to fruition, it says so. on the seventh day, he finally told her. Now, why did he tell her? Had he had a chance to get to know her? Had she reassured him? Had he finally felt like he was in a place where he could trust her? No. It says he finally told her because she continued to press him. She wore him down. Okay? That's the only reason he told her. The same thing goes with Delilah. The same thing happened with Samson and Delilah. She was pressing him, do you remember, for the secret of his strength. Ultimately, what led to his death. She's pressing him and pressing him. What's the secret of your strength? And over and over, he's lying to her. He's lying to her. He's lying to her. He's lying to her because he doesn't trust her. Now, guys, you're sitting here going, okay, I get this, man. Like, if you don't have trust, I mean, if you don't trust your girl, you got nothing. The relationship is dead. It's over. I mean, we get that, okay? But there's, there's a missing piece that we miss as men, okay? And that is that for women, for women, trust is linked to communication. Trust is linked to communication. And so the final lesson that we see is we have to communicate. Delilah says something very interesting in, uh, in Judges 16, 15. It says, so she says to Samson, Samson's been lying to her, lying to her over and over. And she, it says, then she said to Samson, how can you say I love you when you won't confide in me? You know what she's really saying there? How can you say, I love you, when you don't trust me, when you won't talk to me? So here's the deal. Communication is absolutely huge for her. For, For us guys... Like, if you've got a woman and she kind of is a woman of her word, she's a woman of integrity, you know, she says she's going to do what she's going to do and she does it, like, you're pretty much good. Guys, there's no trust issue. We're, like, we're moving on. We're, okay, good, I got a good woman there, okay? For women, it's a little bit deeper and more complicated than that, you see? Because what happens is if, if a man starts to shut down and to stop talking, all of a sudden, all kinds of things, that does all kinds of things to a woman that you'd have no idea, okay? Let me tell you a little story. So, um, I met my girlfriend, who's now my wife, Becky. I met her uh, in Cincinnati, and she ended up. Um, we were dating for a couple of years, and she ended up moving to Washington D.C. and um, was was working out here. And so we got to do that wonderful long distance relationship, you know, where you get the long, wonderful phone conversations, guys. You know what I'm talking about? The really, you know. And so we'd have these phone conversations, night in and night out. And like, my wife is a talker big time talker you know so so we would talk and it was it was cool you know we were i mean we were really we were really in love i mean like no joke we were just like we were really into each other but a couple months go by and i just started it started to grind on me and i just got to the point where i was just like i was you know i was really excited at first first bit a little bit and now i'm just starting to drag and i get that phone and i just got to a point where i have nothing left to say i was just done i'm done and so I remember there was one night where she called and, uh, hey, honey, how are you? Good. How are you? Good. How was your day? You know, the whole, you know, usual. And I just was kind of like, you know what? Um, I'm just really tired. You know, like, and I think I was kind of tired and, you know, kind of in a bad mood, a little bad mood. And so I said something like, you know, I'm just really tired, but do we really have to talk every day? You know, like, I mean, why the world, the women? Did you notice, guys? You see, do we really, like, I'm just kind of, can we just, you know, maybe every other, every third, you know, like, why does it have to be, well, as you can imagine, that didn't go over so well. What I think is hilarious is if you flip the scenario from the majority, the majority of men-women relationships, if you flip that over and the woman were to say, hey, you know, hey, bud, you know, can we, can we just... Maybe talk tomorrow, or can, why do we have to talk every day? The guy be like, "Okay, that's cool. What do you? What's the new schedule? Like, just just tell me. I'll I'll call you. You know, very simple." When you say that to a woman, oh man. So, here's what happens, okay, guys. We all have insecurities. Every single one of us in this room has insecurities. Okay, can we can we agree in that? Can we just can we say yes? We agree. Okay, we all have insecurities. For whatever reason, the way women are wired, one of the kind of the sensitive insecurities in a woman, is her. it's a relational thing. So what happens is, is, if you're a guy and you start to shut down, if you just start to kind of say, oh, you know, and you pull back, you did what I did, and it's like, do we really have to talk every day? You know, say something like that. That, what that does is that touches something inside of a woman where she starts to go, this is what, literally, this is what you ladies do. You're like, oh man, did he meet somebody at work? You know, what ha- like are we okay in our relation? Like, what the heck? What's wrong with him? He taught We talked for an hour and a half last night, and now this. There was a major event. Are we breaking up? Is he, you know, like that. And, I mean, literally. And it's not. Qu- I'm try- not trying to pick, poke fun of you guys, ladies. But like, those that goes through your mind. I've read this stuff. I don't know this, but I've- there's a great book. By the way, guys, if you're like, yeah, this is cool. Let's keep talking about this, right? There's a great book called. Um, I just blanked on it. Shoot. Um, yeah. Thank you harvey you've been here for three services okay good um (laughs) beautiful so um it's called for men only and it's surveys and it's it's just like just good statistics and data out there about what how women are wired and what what works for them and so um pick up a copy for men only it's great and there's also one for for women for guys for for women only but let me just say something to you guys okay because you're like, oh, man, you know, it's the whole talking thing, communication. God, it's, you know, that's tough. It's, it's hard, whatever. Let me just say something. I'm going to try and say this in a way that's going to speak to the guys. Forgive me, ladies. I just, I'm not trying to offend. I just, I got to say this in a way that the men will respond. Okay, guys? So hear me for a second. This isn't just to humor her. This isn't just because she just likes to talk for 30 minutes about her day. That's not, that's not what this is about. Sometimes we just think, oh, do we really have to go through this? Okay, here's the deal. Your woman needs you to talk to her. She needs it. Your communicating to her reassures her about your relationship together. It reassures her. She needs you to do that. She needs you to, 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 to suck it up and to, and, to, and to come to the table and to talk to her. She needs that. Here's what happens, guys. If you just shut down, and, and we all have times where we shut down, we want to go into that man cave, you know, we're just like, oh, I'm just, maybe you're in a big argument or something, and you're just like, I'm done. I'm going to say something I regret, but I'm a, you know, I just need to back up, I'm gone. And, guys, we do this, right? We go into the man cave, we're just like, I'm going to deal with this later, okay? This is fascinating in this book. This book said this. It said, when you do that, that like, like I said, that messes with a woman, okay? She starts to go, oh, my God, are we okay in this re-? Not every woman, not all the time, okay? Please, ladies. But there are times when a woman will start to go, okay, where are we in this relationship? Oh, my God, you know, just start to do some things, okay? If the guy, this was according to the women survey, if the guy will just do this, okay? If he's getting ready, he's like, oh, I'm so done. My head's ready to explode right now. I'm going to the cave, okay? If he stops before he turns to the cave and he stops and he says this, he, all he has to do is say this, listen, I am not ready to talk about this right now. But I just want you to know, I love you. We're okay. But I'm, I'm going to my cave. And he goes, okay? The survey said that over 50% of the time, the woman said, that, that was great. Now, I mean, not, you know, they're still in the argument, whatever. But, like, that took that from, like, a 10 in level of argument to, like, she's good. Like, okay, good. Because that's just instinctively where women go. They're, they're wondering about their relationship. Guys, we're just focused on the conversation. You know what I mean? That's bottom line. We're just, it's just all about winning the argument, which we never win for some reason. But anyway, that's another story. So um, anyway, the bottom line is if you are here today and you want to be a man of honor, you want to be a man of integrity, okay, when it comes to your relationship with women, you've got to talk to her. You've got to keep those communication lines open because she needs you to talk to her. She may not admit it, okay? but she needs you to talk to her. It speaks trust. It speaks faith. It speaks reassurance into her. And it's huge for her. It's huge for your relationship. All right. So we're closing out this series, and this is just the final thing I'm going to say to try and tie a bow on the last four weeks. When you look at Samson, you look at this story, Samson was a complete disaster. You know, the only thing that Samson did well was he was born and blessed by God. That was it. The rest of his life was just one mistake after another, as we've seen these past four weeks. He started well. He finished badly. Here's the great news for us, men. It does not matter how we started. What matters is how we finish. That's what matters. You may look back on your past. And there may be things, if you're like me, you got things you can look back and you're not proud of them. There's things that you would do totally differently. There's stuff that you're ashamed of in your past. Okay? The beautiful thing about God is that our God is the God of second chances. And so you might have heard this before, okay? But if you haven't, this is great news and this is like an amazing deal. I remember the first time I heard this, like really heard this as an adult and this like just was awesome, okay? But if you've got stuff in your past, if you haven't started well, if you can relate to like Hancock or you can relate to Samson, God has, is, is extending to us a second chance. He, that's why he came to this earth in human flesh as the person of Jesus Christ, died on a cross, so that if we just said, Jesus, I'm sorry for what I've done, I've blown it, I know I've messed up. If we say that and we say, I just I, thank you for forgiving me for my sins, Every, you get a total do-over. You get to a total fresh start. And you might have heard that before, okay? And I encourage you, if you've never put your faith in Christ, to put your faith in Christ here this morning. and Just ask Him to forgive you of your sins. But here's, here's the equally exciting thing to me that I think a lot of times we miss. When you put your faith in Jesus Christ, yes, that completely absolves you of your past. Completely fresh start, Okay? But the incredible thing is what it means for the rest of your life, what it means for your future, what it means for right now. See, when you put your faith in Jesus Christ, his spirit, the spirit of Jesus Christ, God's Holy Spirit lives inside. It comes and it lives inside of us. And it empowers us, men. It empowers us to do what we cannot do on our own. You might have been looking back these last four weeks, and you're hearing about different points, you know, different application points along the way. I remember, gosh, that hit, that rocked me so hard, the one message that John did like two weeks ago about sacrifice, sacrificing the different parts of your body. Remember that? It sounded a little weird if you haven't been here, but <laughs> shoot. Anyway, um, you know, or, or maybe you're here this morning, you're like, ah, man, I just don't want to... I don't like to seek advice. I don't like to admit that I can't do it all on my own. You know, whatever it is. But you might be here and you're like, I, you know, I don't know that I can do that. I don't know that I can really be the man that God wants me to be. I I just, there, there's going to be times when I stumble. There's going to be times when I mess up. I don't know if I can do all this. The, the great news for you this morning is that when you put your faith in Jesus Christ, his spirit comes and empowers you to be able to do more than you could do on your own. So what I want to ask you to do now is I want everyone, if you could just bow your head, close your eyes, and uh, we are just going to close out this service. God, uh, I thank you for this past month. I thank you again, as John said, for the patience and the graciousness of the women here who are, they are bigger people (laughs) than me, I'll tell you that, for just being able to just be cool with, with, with kind of just us speaking to guys for the last month. And I thank you, God, for how I personally have been challenged through these messages. I thank you for for each guy here and how he's being challenged. Lord, help us as men to finish well. Help us to be the great men that you have made us to be. Lord, let nothing stand in the way of us accomplishing everything you want us to accomplish in our lives. Lord, we right now, as hard as it is, as counterintuitive as it is, Lord, we just acknowledge that we, in our own strength and our own power, will never be as perfect as you. We'll never be able to do everything that you want us to do. Yeah? And we need your help. We invite you, Jesus Christ, not just to be our Savior, to forgive our sins, but, Lord, take control of our lives, empower us, and help us to do more than we could do on our own. Lord, we want to be great men. You put it inside of us. Lord, empower us to go forward and just live it out like you'd want us to. In Christ's name, amen. Thank you, guys. God bless you. Don't forget, if you're interested in the uh, TJ conversation, it's just down the hall on your right as you leave. Take care. Have a great weekend.